Right, and everybody, welcome to the Rise and Grind podcast. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time ever, um, it's basically five or six blokes. The sixth, George, uh, Glenn turns up when he's not at work. But um, the six blokes who just chat about OCR endurance sport, banter, take the piss out of each other. And occasionally we bring a special guest on to see what the world is all about. In those kind of avenues and sports, and today we've got a guest, um, well, I'll let him introduce himself. Guest, say hello. Hey guys, uh, Ryan Atkins here. So, Ryan, are you... Never, never heard of you. Anything? Never heard of you, mate. Never heard of you. <laughs> What's your claim to fame? So, do you want a little bit or something? <laughs> I don't know. Claim to fame, uh, right now, claim to fame is just to feel healthy and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we're very privileged to have uh, Mr. Ryan Atkins on. Uh, Ryan's achieved a lot of things in sport and wonderful things and having just uh, completed a pretty epic endurance ride, but well, might as well give him a space to talk about it and see what's going on. So, Ryan, do you want to tell everyone what you've just done? Yeah, I mean, um, about a week ago, we got back from... Uh, Northern Ontario and Quebec, where we, uh, me and two friends of mine, uh, we were the first people to ride uh, a route called the Wabas Trail, which uh, Wabas means polar bear in Cree. And um, so we were, uh, it was a seasonal road. So they make these roads once a year in the winter to bring supplies into super uh, rural, remote communities. And um, we thought it'd be really cool to ride it on our bikes. So it was long, it was snowy, it was cold, um, and we saw a lot of polar bear tracks, but luckily we didn't see any polar bears, so uh, yeah, it was awesome. So how long is long? Like, you know, John, John thinks he's long in certain departments, but I'm thinking it's going to be longer than that. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it was about just under 500 miles, so uh, yeah. That's a different fucking long time. Did you, you know, when you did that, was that just like you're going balls out every day, just as far as you can go? Or is it just like, ah, we'll just do 50 miles and just chill now, you know? Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty crazy because, um, so when you're, when you're traveling in those kinds of temperatures, uh, you have to be really careful about the, like, sweating and things like that. So you're basically just always going like, endurance pace like you never you're never hammering um and as soon as you start getting hot so you're like always a little bit cold as soon as you get hot you start like opening up zippers and taking off jackets and stuff so uh like even though it'd be minus you know between minus 20 and minus 40 we'd be you know just wearing like a merino base layer and like a hard shell jacket up top and like that would be it because um you just like your body obviously heats up as we all know and then once you kind of reach this homeostasis you just exist there and, and you try not to stop for too long you try not to go too hard ever and that's kind of the name of the game but yeah it's pretty wild but the yeah you just ride long like we would ride you know 10 like 8 to 10 hours every day and then uh and then make camp nice and it must the be other two so guys, cool just go on an adventure with your friends like that. Just like, sod it, we're just going to go and do something crazy and fun, you know? Yeah, it's so cool. And like every day, it's such a wild uh, landscape up there. 
something that, you know, very few people are used to and very few people see, I guess. So every day I just kept like, just feeling so grateful and like happy to be out there. So it was, it was really cool. And yeah, like, it's just like a long, cold camping trip with your friends. So it was wicked. Nice. <laughs> George, you have that yeah. down Essex High Street, don't you, mate? I've just, I've just, I did 13 kilometers yesterday. I still feel a bit tight in the legs, and then I've just done a little workout now. I'm ready for a nap, mate. Um, you know, I can't, I can't fathom moving 500 miles on a bike. You know, that would be. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you're in somewhere that's beautiful, and you with your with your pals, so that sounds pretty epic. But um, yeah, I don't know if that one's for me. What kind of beer do you guys have every night? Like, did you manage to get some beers with you, or are you just like? You know, hunting squirrels. Like, what did you eat? What did you, like, <laughs> oh, every, everything freezes. Actually, obviously. Yeah. Um, like, so one of my tests was like, if it was really cold, like your toothpaste froze. Um, and if it was like only kind of cold, so yeah, below like minus thirty-five, your toothpaste freezes so hard that you can't get it out of the tube. The, the, the irony of this is we're all like stuck in our houses now with like every convenience, everything around us, and we're all like pissing and moaning. And you're like, dude, I've been in places where my toothpaste doesn't actually work. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you put in your armpit for like 10 minutes, and then like finally it becomes soft enough that you can like brush your teeth. So, uh, anyway. oh, yeah. And what if your friend has a warmer armpit? Do you just yeah. use his? Like, yeah, the warmest exactly. armpit or like body part? Or like we were putting drone batteries in our armpits and like all that stuff. Jesus. But yeah, we were just eating. Um, we were just eating those like backpacker meals, um, like the boil in the bag kind of stuff, and then okay. uh, oatmeal for breakfast. Oh yeah, and then. Once you're riding, it's just like they're just constantly eating and like high high energy for like nuts, chocolate bars, and gummies and maple syrup and yeah. yeah. I gotcha. I mean, I I eat that like that quite often, uh, just without the uh, <laughs> out of mileage. Those <laughs> <laughs> so, those thirteen thirteen kilometers catch up with you, George. you, man. There was like five hundred feet of elevation as well. I'm telling you, it was rolling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sweet man, Aaron, you must have a question, mate. Yeah, I've I've got a, a question that I've, I've sort of pondered uh, the day. Um, with with like these these uh, these big adventures that you go on, Ryan, and, and the like with the FKT that you did last year, how do you sort of choose like that's the one that I want to go for? And does it mean sometimes you have to make these sacrifices? I mean. It's quite common these days that you know most people are trying to push the limits, and you like certainly do that. Is there any sort of like how would I, how would I put it like any sort of um, elimination process? You kind of like you go through. It's like oh well, I want to do this one, but maybe I don't have time to do that, and that's just maybe with the Spartan season or something like that. You know, how do you decide I'm going to do that and I'm not going to do that? Yeah, well, actually, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, there's like a myriad of factors that go into it. Uh, I mean, the biggest one for me is just if I think it's cool, if I think it's like worthwhile, if it's like uh, a logical link up. So for me, like, I think it's really cool to like 
go from point A to point B over like a really logical route or maybe to do like a loop or to do a route that has been around for, you know, a hundred years or do a route like uh, the Appalachian Trail, which sees thousands of people do every year. Like um, to those things, I think, are more worthwhile to me than to just do like some kind of arbitrary thing. Like a lot of, it's kind of like the difference between an FKT and a Strava segment. Like, and sometimes there's a bit of a, like, oh, he ran from this, his mailbox to his friend's mailbox in the fastest time ever. And like, wow, great. But um, mm-hmm. like, there has to be some kind of like significance and history there. Uh, for me at least, because like, if I'm going to spend the time and effort and energy doing it, I want it to be, you know, significant. And so then I kind of look at seasons and like, uh, for me, there's like certain times of the year where I'm just super busy with, you know, racing or getting ready for races or, uh, and then some, a lot of, a lot of routes only go down at like in a certain season. Um, like a couple of years ago, I tried to run this big long trail and everyone who's ever done it has done it in the fall. And I thought, well, spring is a better time for me. And that was a huge mistake because it was super wet. Uh, so it didn't work out for me. So yeah. Was, that the, Bruce, was like, that the Bruce Trail one? When, yeah, that was the Bruce Trail. And so yeah, you look at like when it works out for you and then if it, if it like aligns with your season and maybe with your goals and if you think it's like a worthwhile one. And then, um, and once all those factors kind of line up, then you like kind of like say, that's what I really want to do. And maybe it's uh, it's a route that like got introduced to me um, by watching a video of someone else doing, or maybe it's a route that uh, I've just been to the area and it's kind of like the local thing. So then it becomes on my radar or maybe it has like been brought to my attention some other way. Um, but yeah, usually there's some kind of, conduit there that's brought it to mind and then uh and then i think once you start like really thinking about it a lot and like kind of obsessing over it and like it's like it kind of gets under your skin and it turns into something that like from like yeah that'd be cool to like okay now i have to do this then that's when like i know that it's like all right let's make it happen do you have um, any of those Aaron, thanks, and then I'll go, John. Oh, I was just saying, you know, it's like it's one of those that becomes if you've got an itch, you've got an itch. You know, you you gotta you gotta then do what it, what feels right once it's once the opportunity is prepared, like presented itself. Yeah, totally. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, yeah. I was just gonna say, just really, just like, have you got what is that next itching project you've got coming up? Is there anything that you're like, shit, I want to go and do that, or you know, sort of thing? yeah well i mean there's always a lot of different things um i'd like to do something like further north and um like more arctic and longer um so i think that next and also in the winter because i kind of just just see how i can do in you know even colder temperatures for longer less light and so next i think next uh Next winter, I'm hopefully going to be able to put together a project to go, um, you know, way north, like uh, in Canada, um, and do some kind of route there. I haven't really worked out all the details yet, but um, 
yeah, that's to me, like, I think that's just so epic because that was like one of the last areas, like the poles and um, one of the last areas that was like conquered by people and like that it took so long for people to figure out how to, how to move through those areas. So yeah, that's really like inspiring to me and yeah, so that's kind of on the radar. But I mean, with this virus also, there's like, it's kind of opened up uh, my schedule. And yeah. um, I'm sure it's opened up my schedule. So I've been down so there one schedule. Longest off season in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they, uh, because right now there's no real, there's no real like prevention for travel, like, locally for us and but we can't cross into the u.s but i'm hoping that in maybe two months from now we're going to be allowed to cross into the u.s and then in the northeast um like vermont new hampshire um there's there's like tons of awesome fkts all through those areas uh and so i'm hoping to maybe go do a couple of those ones um in the next few months but I can't really plan anything right now. And, and right now there's too much snow anyways to, to do it. Uh, it would have to be like a month anyways. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. Jake, boy. I was actually thinking, thinking about this weekend was, um, was like with sort of all these races being canceled, it's a really good time to like go and have your own adventures that maybe you would maybe not necessarily do if you were racing all the time. I think like not just for us that are like interested in, like competing but like the, the people in general it's a really good time to go out and actually explore on your own Aaron, Aaron you could do that massive Swedish trail with your buggy and be the fastest person to ever run it with a dad <laughs> buggy yeah you yeah, should yeah, slow do that with a, with a Tula band and just yeah of course take Lily yeah take, yeah, take Lily mate get the daughter involved she could be the youngest the person to nail it yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty good and then you know it could be like self-sufficient as well because I could have all this stuff next to her it'd be fine I mean what's the odds of you being divorced by the end of doing that yeah I'll go to the missus now we can, you know all six of us can pitch it to her <laughs> no, on. you're on your Get own, on. mate. You're on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let us know when you need backup, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Jake, yeah, so next one. It's yeah, actually really um, interesting now. It's just before I talked to you guys, I was reading um reading an article about like <clears throat> just this and like what's the opinion on is it is it a prudent time to be doing like these kinds of efforts? Um and it's like, a, it's, it's an interesting question because yeah, like if you go and you really push yourself and you do some massive FKT and there's a potential of A, getting injured, B, uh, running your immune system down like crazy, um, and C, like maybe need to call for a rescue. But at the same time, it's like, are we just going to, is everyone just going to sit inside for like forever? Forever, so, yeah. I, I, don't know, dude, I, I, I think as long as you're not like going balls to the walls like every day you'll be fine someone like is experienced like you are you just gotta do what you right. gotta do you know if someone was gonna do like a new challenge you know like, for like the first time i'd probably say yeah, yeah wait but i mean i think you just gotta yeah, you can't contain we can't stay contained like this for like four months 
you know no you're gonna have to get out there and do something sooner or later like for me going and running maybe a 24-hour 48-hour fkt yeah of course there's risk there um but i've experienced doing it and it's like it's like akin to someone going out into the yard and running a chainsaw and like chopping firewood it's like yeah, that's also super risky. Your chain could break. It could you could yeah. cut your leg open. You could have to go to the ER. Um, but we don't. We don't. We don't have chain stores here. We're yeah. not allowed those. What was your last accident, Aaron? Yeah, that's not that fun when you get them in your hand. I promise. <laughs> but I think I think that the thing is like because we're we're in that fortunate position where we've all done such extreme pushing your body to. A, that limit that you can understand that feeling and then you know what is you know like you know like safe for you know like us to do but it's like you know you get idiots who go ah you know like right now there is so many people in the uk who don't exercise who are going out regularly every single day on a run (laughs) which is great don't get me wrong but it's like, you know, why is it suddenly because the government said you can go out one day, one session a day to exercise is now the point where you go, oh, shit, I better go running then, shouldn't I? You know, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like a, a really strange kind of um, incentive for people to all of a sudden become active. Like, obviously, it's great. Uh, it's great that people are getting out there and running but yeah I've, I've noticed it too there's been like an uptick in people just out doing things and it's like on the one hand that's wonderful but like what what caused their psyche to be like oh everyone's getting sick but now i have free time so i'm gonna go exercise and like <laughs> no, no, other, no other event in their life has ever occurred that has made them want to do that yeah right i'll tell you there's a real thing happening in the uk at the moment where like all these pts are going out and buying a shit ton of gym equipment for their garage (laughs) absolutely (laughs) loading it onto their credit cards isn't that right george it's a real (laughs) pandemic mate uh, people are people are panic buying sandbags and kettlebells all over the place Um, i just bought a concept two rower can't get concept two rower for loving the money (laughs) <laughs> Ryan, if you know anybody, tell them I'll pay double. Jay, what you saying, on mate? Yeah, Jay, you have asked. Um, my question, uh, well, what I was thinking about was obviously you're talking about you know a, a particular events sort of inspire you or you know an FKT or Strava, but is there sort of on an athlete or a person that inspires you to sort of want to push the envelope or anything like that? Is it a sportsman or maybe a family member or your dog who's pretty cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's not something I like really think about too much. Um, I'd say that for me, like inspiration comes from a lot, like more people I know than people I uh, like don't know. If I see like a video of, I don't know, Killian Jornet running up a mountain, I might yeah. think like, that's really cool. But if I like talk to a friend and he said like, oh, I went and did this run and it was awesome. Or I, you know, I, uh, I'm starting to train more, even though I'm like super busy at work and like those kinds of things and those encounters, um, 
because I guess they're more like immediate and more personable. So they kind of speak to me more than uh, like kind of like faceless people I don't know. And like, so for instance, one of the guys we did uh, our bike trip with last year, um, he's like, he used to be a professional road cyclist. He rode in the Tour de France and kind of like a pretty big, a well-known person in the cycling world. And, but before I like met him and started hanging out and we did this ride, like he didn't really do anything for me. It was like, kind of like, all right. But then like we became friends and we spent a week together in the woods. And then, and now when like I see his things or I see him doing a race or something, then it's like, <laughs> it gets me a lot more fired up than before. So, yeah. So that natural competitive edge starts to come out and you're like, right. I've got to take these Strava segments. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one for you. So, Ryan, we've got this uh, inner community challenge, and uh, I want to know where you stack up on our leaderboard, rise and grind challenge. And I just I just want you. To, I'm just going to reel off um, what your. I want you to tell me what your times were, just off the top of your head, approximately. Uh, hang on, hang on. Okay. Is there, is there and, the first challenge, which is best pair. <laughs> oh, oh man. He's like four. A, dude, he's like four. A, so we've got this challenge and basically what's your fastest kilometer? It's gotta be flat, can't be downhill, but go. Fastest kilometer, fastest five K, uh fastest ten K, fastest half marathon, fastest marathon, fastest fifty K. Go. <laughs> oh. Just uh, off the top of your head, dude. You know, yeah. like you just have it on the yeah. palm of your hand, you know? <laughs> well, like, you know, people know these things. I don't know if I've ever really run a kilometer as fast as I can, but probably about 250 or so. Yeah. Um, 5K. Slow. Slow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For 5K, I've done 1450. 1450, 5K. Uh, yeah. For yep. 10K, I did uh, uh, 31.50. That's disgusting, bro. Um, yeah. Did you need a uh, shit? Dude, that is like nuts. Okay, half marathon? I think half marathon I did 109. Okay. And I've, ne I've never run a marathon. They, they do, they the suck. Road. They hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 50K on the road, so. Okay. I okay, ran pretty a good. trail 50 in four hours, but okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. One, yeah, so the one that stands out there for me, <laughs> I've just done a half marathon in 129. So you okay. can literally order a Domino's pizza, probably eat it before I get across <laughs> the line. <laughs> Which, I'm, you know, I'm not natural, you know. I'm not natural. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a natural runner, but I mean, that's impressive, dude. One, 109 is jokes. So uh, I've got a serious question, and this is really serious because I picked up a big vibe of this when I was over there recently. Sunto gets a shitload of airtime. Meow Meow feels really disappointed in the lack of airtime that he gets on your Insta feed. Why, why is this and what are you going to do to fix it? Who on earth is Meow Meow? Yeah, who's Meow Meow? Exactly. <laughs> uh meow meow is Lindsay's cat and, and um Fake cat. i don't know he's he's kind of lame he's lame. like yeah 
he he does this thing where he he just bashes his head into things. Like he'll just walk up to a, like a chair and just bash his head into it for like a minute. And I really think he's not all there. So, uh, so meow, what you said is meow meow is good for five meters out the front door, and then shit as a training partner after that, right? Yeah, yeah. Meow meow's not going to get you any sponsors anytime soon. You know? Yeah. <laughs> get him a little backpack. You can put him in a backpack and like bring him up the mountain or something. But I think he might get beaten by a bear if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so real, can I ask a real question though? What's right, um, right. what's me? Oh, go on, right, go. Who are we going then? You going John? Then George? I'll go. Go John, then I'll George. go. Um, what what is like being one of your most funnest adventures you've been on though? Like you know, like just one where you just walked out of and just went, that was just a fucking laugh. Like you know, you just would be like, oh, I'll do that again. I didn't really, that didn't really bother me. Oh man, um, so many. It's like. Uh, like, like just the other day, I went for a run, like literally from my doorstep, and like all the snow was had like gotten super crusty. So I just I was just running up the snow, and I went. I wanted to run for like forty minutes, and I ended up running for like two and a half hours because I was just like just just running through the woods like top speed, just like leaping over logs and like but going anywhere. So I'd see like I'd be like, oh look at that look at that ridge. I'm going to go over there. And then I'd like run over there and then I'd be like, Oh, look at that. Like, I don't know, big rock. I wonder if I can climb that. And I'd like run over there. And so, yeah, I think like days like that where you just don't even like, you don't even plan them. Um, and you're just out there exploring, uh, I, like that. a year and a half ago, I did a similar, this bike ride in Vermont and I was like, yeah, I really want to do it. So um, I didn't really know much about it. I just like put the GPS in my watch and started riding. And it was like, it was so fun. It was like 130 miles, like uh, 20,000 feet, like went up and down all sorts of mountains and stuff. But it was just like the whole time I was just having such a fun time. And um, yeah, I guess it's like, it's kind of interesting because a lot of times they aren't really planned, but they're just like, do you run yeah. to music or podcast or are you just like no headphones purist? Like what's your deal? No, I do a bit of everything. Yeah. I'd say like 40% of the time I have like music or podcast. Yeah. In or, um, yeah. And then 60% I'm just ripping around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. And then uh, can I ask a follow-up question to my other question? So that was kind of your happiest. What's the darkest moment you've had like <laughs> when out doing an adventure? Like like just pure shit like i did three thousand burpees and and i was like this is fucking bollocks like that sort of like shit level sort of thing <laughs> Ooh. um probably when i did the death race <laughs> <laughs> standard answer because, nothing more needs to be said so point there's so yeah I was just like, wait, why am I like in this field looking for pennies for like six hours? Like, this is so dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. But at the same time, when you finish, you're like, we just did all that stupid shit for a fucking skull. For yeah. a fucking skull. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
it's not even like you're not even like oh wow that was so wonderful like i got to see this side of the country i've never seen and like you're just like what like like but um yeah but you know you do it once and move on i guess yeah yeah once you've got the monkey off your back you don't need to get it fucking back on yeah yeah that's why you that's why you went twice yeah, when i finished that's why I didn't finish it the first time. <laughs> when I did that, when I finished the death race, I was kind of like, I was like, well, I wonder how many, like, how much energy and like mental energy I spent on that death race, and like, I started thinking about like other things I could have done with that like energy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, write a book. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe like create a documentary yeah yeah back and forth the Appalachian Trail yeah that'd have been way easier yeah. than <laughs> <laughs> mentally easier yeah right so I, I got I got I got I got I got I got a question it's it's pretty relevant and we can kind of take this where we go so and it's a question to all five of you guys so I want to hear the differences and answers that come from all of you guys as athletes right so Steve Hammond yesterday posted his april challenge that he's going to do i don't know if the rest of you have seen it i know ryan's seen it because he's i saw what his answer was but steve hammond has posted basically for the whole of april add a mile a day to your run that day wow all right so if you if you're planning to go out for like a 20k do a 21k no, no. So April the first, do one mile. So, yeah. April the second, do two, two miles. miles. Yeah. April oh, the third, okay. do three, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll start. I'll start as I see you all on the screen. So George, what's your reaction when you hear the idea of doing that challenge? <laughs> the shake of the head already says it, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> have you got yeah, a second in your mouth, George? Already, you know. Hold just on, hold on, you. I'll, I'll, how, I mean, how long would it take him to go up to thirteen kilometers? That's his currently weekly mileage. So, <laughs> I mean, that's my monthly at the moment, bro. Um, I'm yeah. saying, I mean, purely and simple it'd be like a couple of things this lockdown will definitely help me run more just because i'll just be bored yeah. but i'm you know you guys know miles i'm a i'm a competitive racer so like if you give me like a carrot i'll chase it but i'm not running for running sake like i prefer the gym i prefer lifting stuff i prefer kind of like you know a little bit of everything rather than miles for sake so, you know running miles for miles sake but again, I live in Essex. Where does Hammond live? Like he's in Tahoe. Like fucking, he's in paradise, bro. Like, so, so he's, what you're, so he's what you're in the mountains. That you, you, you drop out at four K on the fourth. No, no, no. I'm telling. You, if I was living where like Hunter was living, or Steve Hammond was living, or even John Album, I'll be like, I'll be out there every day. It's gorgeous, dude. Try running oh, around Essex. Try running around Essex, bro. See what happens. Okay, your right. soul dies. Okay. You'll end up with a spray <laughs> tan, won't you? And some fake, whiffy hair. Is that about right? <laughs> right, Jake. Jake, what's your thought on it? Um, what's my thought awesome. on it? Uh, it's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> um, it's a good way to be injured, is another way. So probably should be spouting that out to people. Um, but yeah, I've just calculated yeah. it. I was like, right, how much... Uh, how many miles? 465 miles. 465 miles. Yeah. In a month. In a, in a month. month, yeah. So it's 30 that's days. 30 days. Um, right. Aaron, 
Come yeah. on, because Jake's just faffing. Aaron, what are you going to go with? <laughs> well, so I'm going with I'm going with the two two part two part answer. And the first is exactly what Jake said. It's a, that's a very quick way of getting yourself injured after about two weeks. <laughs> like, I mean, you're basically asking someone like, yeah, one mile. You know, I'd say even five days people would make, and then that's it. Like your body's just going to fall apart. Oh, you know, I think my mum's going to do that. You're like 55 years old. Oh yeah, go and do a mile and add on each mile each, each day. Not not a whole thing. Hell, like she sat at home doing Joe Wicks Pilates. Not me, mate. Right? Yeah, I mean, you've got to know your audience. The other part is is that I, I kind of feel like I speak for us all when I say this, but we're all athletes, right? Some of us. Well, you know, really, get paid to do it. Some of us, thanks, George. You know, thanks, mate. Someone, someone, <laughs> someone. Graham's, Graham's got a I skier mean, in his front room. He's not an athlete, okay? He's a dad, <laughs> okay, that's true. I'm a dad. I'm a so part-time I mean, athlete. Even, like, and it kind of leads into back to like George saying, like, what's the end goal of that? Like, what? End, like, I train because I want to do something. I train because I want to run a fast yeah. or I want to like compete in a mountain race or take an SAK or something like and just run it aimlessly one mile and go okay well what's my session for today I can't wait for that two miles tomorrow like I mean for me it's like <laughs> a waste of a month of training you know like oh, that's my opinion yeah right. John <clears throat> what would you do with that the thing is he did say that it's human powered so you could bike or you could swim let me just get my fixed gear guys out of the garage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready for this shit dude it doesn't actually um, you could probably actually think of it you know if you could actually then like if you could do it like all the different disciplines, you could actually probably put a really good training plan together doing that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. run a mile, run two miles, and then maybe day three, bike or swim, or you could probably mix that up pretty well. Ski, I guess, but like I couldn't ski where I am this far south, but you know, other people. Roll a blade. Roll a ski. Roll a ski. Maybe, maybe, yeah. ah, maybe that's the reason that Alban gets so much better. He spends time bringing his old rollerblades out and he steals rollerblades all the time for training. I think that's the secret. <laughs> that's the secret, folks. He's gone from his first career and morphed it into his second. <laughs> yeah. Right, John, what would you think? What would you do with it? Uh, for once, I'd put rocks I in your backpack and then do it. <laughs> um, if you'd asked me that like a couple of years ago, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Watch my body fucking decay to shit. You know, <laughs> I'll have a crack at it. Um, <laughs> but now I'll just be like, like Aaron said, it's just, it's just fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> you know, you'd get through the first fucking week and then you'd be like, fuck, I feel destroyed, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, I think that's the other thing is, is experience, isn't it? Like, at the end of the day, it's great to set, you know, these challenges out there, but it's also aiming it at the appropriate, you know, level for people yeah. that would see that sort of information, you know, where like, yeah. okay, yeah, if you've got an ultra runner who's doing fucking 500, you know, plus miles a fucking month, great on them. They can bosh something like out that out them. But 
like we just said before, if it's Joe Bloggs who's just started running because the government said you can get out for your one fitness session a week. <laughs> or me. Yeah. You know. Or George, yeah. Yeah, or, or George. Then it isn't like conducive to building a healthier person um, or a healthier society with that sort of blasé attitude, you know? Ryan, what was your thought when you saw it? Well, I think for me, right now, I'm, like, super psyched on biking. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bike all the time. Uh, I know that, like, I kind of, it would be a good time for me to, like, increase my running. Um, and so I think that it's just kind of like, a, for me, it's like a nice way to, yeah, like, first week will probably be mostly running. And then the second and third week, I'll probably be like mixing in uh, a couple bike rides. And then as it progresses, I'll kind of shift into, you know, some longer runs in there, but with, you know, predominantly riding. And it's just like, uh, just kind of like a mental little way of like blocking up, getting in more volume or different kinds of ways of thinking about, about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to run the whole thing, you would almost certainly get injured, um, <laughs> which I don't think anyone wants to be injured. Like, shouldn't say right now, ever. Um, and so that's a bad idea. But um, like, there's just something neat about, I think there could be something neat about progressing through three, four, five. Um, yeah. But also like, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, gonna be cool. I don't think it'll be that different from like what I do, anyways. So, what would you say is your um, what's your like normal say like training day or like sort of thing? You like do you freeze up with a mix of like you go up for a run in the morning, then a cycle, and then some like strength work, or is it you've actually got a set week program you do stick to, or is it like you say like you just kind of go oh like you said yesterday you went out for a run it was only meant to be an hour it ended up being two hours sort of thing you just see what happens uh a bit of, bit of everything <clears throat> so i have like a training plan that is uh is pretty like pretty set in stone and but also like fairly like like very low like low volume so i only like five hours six hours a week and that's like the backbone of my program it's like three, four days a week. Uh, it's like structured intervals, it's intensity, it's, um, it's pretty hard. And then to that, I add like what I feel like. So if I um, do my training and it takes two hours and it's super hard intervals, and then I feel like doing a run after that, um, then I'll do it. And the next day, if I feel good, maybe I'll go for a three hour bike ride or the next day, maybe I'll feel like shit. And my, I have nothing programmed, so I won't do anything. Um, so I kind of like, I have like this backbone of structure that I maintain and that I like program. And then I have like, kind of like fun playtime that I slot in um, wherever it makes sense and wherever I can. And uh, that's how, kind of how I get my volume. And then for strength, um, basically every day before I train, I do like 10 or 15 minutes of uh, little like, activation bio kind of um mobility exercises and then uh sometimes when i finish training i'll do um some strength or but it's never any i don't almost 
ever train strength with the focus of that. It's usually like as a supplement to the endurance training that I've already done. So it'll be oh, like, nice. oh, I just did, I just did an hour of, you know, hard running. And then, um, now maybe I'm going to do some squats and lunges and like, but it's never like max weight. It's never like, uh, till exhaustion. It's never like, um, I don't go to the gym and hammer it out. It's kind of like, it's a little more casual, I guess, but I'm also like stronger than I need to be for the sport that I do and like bulkier. So like, it doesn't make sense for me to be like, Oh, I'm going to like really being stronger because I don't need to be any longer than I already am. So that's, it's just like maintenance and injury prevention and, um, that's it. Nice. Um, so, um, do you know what your uh, max uh, squat bench and uh, bench press is? Because uh, <laughs> I'm sure George wants to know that. And also, um, yeah, yeah. do you have any tips on uh, how to do one-arm pull-ups? George really wants to know how you do that. Yeah. Uh, Dude, the one-arm pull-up. The one-arm pull-up, bro. I've seen you do it. Is uh, That's a journey. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, that's the most you impressive. Will it <laughs> yeah. Pray. <laughs> no, I did a bit of bouldering and stuff when I lived in London, so I just went to the climbing centre a lot, and it just, you know, I see like really light guys be able to do it, but even after you know months and months and months of practice, and I'm like the wrong side of 80 right. kilos, so you've got to like, I think there's a sweet spot if you're like 75 and, and under, I think it becomes a bit quite a bit easier, but you know, I was right. never getting that way, so but I got fairly close i guess but i was yeah not it wasn't as clean so uh, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah so there's no there's no disco muscles in quebec that's what we're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so none of that good in, none, none of that good in looking at spray on shirt shit so. no. <laughs> uh, ryan do you ever look at like um hunter hunter's workouts and go oh yeah i want a piece of that would you look at it and go no fucking way. <laughs> um, I don't even look at Hunter's workouts, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I went and like, I like stayed with him at his place before and yeah. done some of his workouts and they're, they're pretty, I don't know. They're fun. They're just like, yeah. he gets, he's so psyched about it that it's like hard yeah. not to get psyched. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go lift that thing up. And then as soon as I leave, I'm like, what was I? Yeah, I think you guys are pretty good at programming and um, doing those kinds of things because he's always on the, you know, some new way of. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just so far out of that world that I have no idea, and what he does is totally normal. But yeah, I see he's doing something yeah, like he's, he's, he gives people like a knife before they do pull-ups. So he makes them like put a knife in their mouth for pull-ups or something. That's not what you and Lindsay get up to at yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit different. Right, so, so yeah, okay. So here's the thing for everyone, question for everyone then. The game-changing thing that you hold on to that you think leads to success within endurance sport. So it could be physical, it could be mental, it could be equipment-based. One thing that you think is a game-changer for success in endurance sport. Go. John, start with you. Uh, I think it's just like, I always think it's mental. You just got to be stupid enough to sign up and throw your money at it. <laughs> um, and then stupid enough to then 
get the training in and turn up at the day and think, it can't be that bad. 72 hours later going, fuck, that was really bad. Um, so, but yeah, just, just mentally uh, be able to go to the dark place and look into who you really don't want to see and chat to that person and tell them to piss off sort of thing. So, um, but yeah. And then also have to be surrounded by the right people, you know, have the right, you know, mental coach, right nutrition plan, the right, uh, running coach, you know, all those things to get you to that point as well. Not just realizing it's not not just you against the game, it's a team against the game that will get you to that end goal, you know. So that's mine. Not, that's not, not, not to shit on John's parade, but you need a, a good hype film to watch before you go out and do anything. You need a good song. That is key. I've got that. Oh, that and your Lucas Aid Orange, eh? Yes, <laughs> mate. And a banana, bro. And a the banana. Sport sorry, and banana. Banana. sorry, sorry. George's key to success. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, Ryan, what's your what's your one thing, man? That's, that's I think. Um, I think, like, honestly, being like analytical and um, like kind of smart, um, you can take that in so many ways, like. If you take a, an event and you're able to break it down and like come up with all the different ways of how to train, and maybe that means, you know, maybe that means getting a strength coach for an event, or maybe that means, you know, uh, like, yeah, like increasing the number of people in your corner, or maybe that means um, finding a lighter pair of shoes, or maybe that means uh, like there's so many little tiny things you can do. That can lead Marg- to marginal gains. And I think that, yeah, I think having that mindset and everywhere you go um, is really effective, uh, or it has been for me. I know there's been a lot of a lot of races or events or times that I've succeeded where um, you know I've done little little tiny things that other people haven't done, and um, and also if you just believe that those things are effective, then that's like a huge yeah. boom to your performance right there mm. and then uh you can take that all the way to finish line yeah sweet solid aaron yeah well there's this uh, there's this guy he's called graham roberts i think um <laughs> <laughs> you know i think he's like the key to success is that the guy no. with the ski egg in his living room <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like that guy that whispers in everyone is everyone's ears. Uh, yeah, but he always sometimes whispers like stupid shit that you have to do, you know? It's not always that great. <laughs> no. Um I, I definitely have to back up what Ryan says. Um like that being analytical in your training and finding ways of you know, finding those one percenters. Um I once had a hockey coach that said it's not it's not about the ninety percent that you do um it's not about the ninety percent of everything that you do, it's about all the one percenters that add up. Um but I think like adding on to that it's it's like the the consistency of just being committed, of just turning up every day, even if you feel shit, just being like that, okay, today's gonna suck, today I'm tired, today whatever, whatever, but just turn up and you know maybe being able to sort of move on the fly as well, like um, having restricted training, but like kind of like Ryan was saying, but like I wake up and I didn't feel so great today, but I still did something, but maybe it wasn't what I had planned. So just that consistency of every day, like moving closer towards your goal. So, yeah. Solid. Jakey boy? 
Um, mine would actually be which something which I think everyone's done, and that is don't go out too fast, don't go out too hard. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there, you know, <laughs> lining up for your first trail marathon. You're thinking, right, here we go. Let's do some four-minute kilometers. And then you get, <laughs> you get, uh, you know, halfway through, and you're thinking, "Fucking hell, what is going on?" <laughs> the legs are running. The off. wheels are fucking <laughs> yeah. off. I can't do. Um, I can't even pace a five k. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maintaining a low uh, or lowish heart rate has always uh, been a hard lesson. That- learned by most I think so that's probably a game changer definitely <laughs> George yeah. other than the standard nutritional obviously. advice that you like to give what else would yeah, you add into the mix I think it, it depends what kind of like person you are and I mean that like sometimes the sport picks you like there are a lot of people that I guess you know like to think they maybe they could row or maybe they could cycle but maybe they simply just don't have the body for it maybe it's going to be such a long transition they're maybe not going to like keep up with it so maybe if you find something you're passionate and you know you're sort of right for you might have more success some people just need more predisposed to a sport so that can help um but yeah like definitely like ryan and aaron said all the one percent that add up that you know that's key um I take it so far as to be like, if you are become obsessed with it, then yeah, you'll start getting those those marginal gains. You'll start believing them, and then, you know the wheels will start turning. Um, I'm just devastated. I spent 25 years of my life dedicated to football, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, only started running more than that when I was 30, but. Yeah, I think if you've got time on your hands and you're like mid-20s, you can just be an absolute animal by the time you get to your 30s. So, you know, and, and obviously there are guys out there in their late 30s and 40s throwing down. I just think it just becomes more harder with the logistics. So you've got to be that much more passionate about it and you've got to juggle it around family life maybe or whatever. So I think it depends on the individual's situation. But you've got to be passionate about it, right? You gotta, you gotta want to go out and train. It can't be like too much of a hardship, otherwise you're gonna be like constantly fighting your own demons to get out there every day. So, Sweet, yeah. yeah, you gotta enjoy it. Mm. Right. So, what, what before I forget you, about it? You, of course, you can ask a question before you forget about it, John. Thirty-two, forty-nine, eighty-six. What was the question, John? Uh, Aaron, what was? Because uh, <laughs> we did a a podcast ages ago on uh, equipment for uh, OCRs. And uh, we asked, when you ran your first OCR, what was the footwear you wore? Uh, Because we all had terrible trainer choices. And we're wondering what uh, you did uh, on your first OCR. What was it? And what was the equipment you wore for it? Um, I think I had the A6 Roadrunners, to be honest. Solid, solid, solid. <laughs> um, All then, the grip in the world. We, and then me and my sister, me and my sister, right? We did a top model in the UK a couple weeks ago, or when we did the Europe Super Smudder. Uh, me and my sister ran the regular top model, um, the uh, the morning off, and she forgot her brand new trail run, trail runners at home that she never even wore that she bought specifically for the event, right? So. She went through like the lost property in um, in Top Mudder and she pulled out a pair of Adidas classics. <laughs> wow. <laughs> solid. Solid, solid, solid. Ryan, do you remember your first race? You? 
Dude. It was called the Badass Dash. The what? The what? Repeat and... Um, Say that again, dude. It broke up on the... It broke the up bad- on the... Oh. The Badass Dash. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that sweet. sounds extra special, man. Was it, did it have, yeah. like, Go Faster Stripes in it? And everything? Yeah, of course. Actually, there was one obstacle where you ran through and there's people throwing dodgeballs at you. And that was like an obstacle. So that was, that was <laughs> nice. Oh, that was the race. Okay, cool. Nice. Got you, got you, got you. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, um, right. well, I actually had a pair of Innovate, uh, Innovate like, um, I forget what they were called, maybe the X-Talons. They were green and they had like super luggy tall lugs. Uh, yeah. And they were great. Yeah, yeah 212 X-Talons. Yeah. yeah, two twice. So, Ryan, have you got any questions you want to add to into the mix for these Charlies to answer? I might answer it as well, of course. But. Oh, um, I guess, I don't know. I'm just interested in knowing, like, what every, how everybody's um, training has changed or uh, maybe your outlook has changed um, amid uh, the current health situation that the world is experiencing and um what what uh what positives you've taken away from it uh i'll go first (laughs) (laughs) um my uh my trainings uh if anything's actually got more consistent um which is kind of odd to say because i've got a shitload of time free all of a sudden so i'm actually getting out and doing those runs that i need to be doing with the right programming and that which has really helped solid um but also my only other thing is that's changed as now it's kind of weird um weird running past people if that sounds like it sounds odd but like before you know you used to run past people like good morning or good afternoon and everyone was quite friendly about it where now it's like you get the fuck over to the other side of the road you know <laughs> like genuinely like yesterday when i was out for my run there was about three people who like they just looked up and they were like fuck you know like had that state of shock on their face um but yeah that's like the the, the oddest thing but yeah just being consistent since this thing is and then also slightly worried about going to certain areas of like concern that there's going to be a lot of people there to interact with you know and that's that's really it i'd say for me okay so. Aaron, yeah, uh, I kind of, I kind of missed the whole question, but I think I got the gist of it. <laughs> how's your training changed? How's your uh, training changed in amongst um, all of this? So for me, it's not really. Um, the Swedes, if you if you're up on sort of the news, they're taking a very conservative approach to this. So we still got a lot of free movement. We've still got, I mean, a lot of races have been cancelled, um, but like. You know, we're still allowed to go outside, we're still allowed to meet people, you know, all that sort of stuff. We're not on lockdown, so um, it's not really changed. As I was sort of saying before, with all the races being cancelled, for me, it's kind of opened up those kind of adventure avenues. Like, something that that I've really thought about hard for the last couple of days is there's a, there's a, there's a long trail that go past, past me. It's called Hallands Leerdan. Um, and, you know, it's just like a regional, like, trail, like, you, you know, like any other, the Pennine Way or the Dales Way or something. 
um, and it's uh, it's 300 kilometers long. And I was thinking about, as, as far as I know, there's no FKT on it. And I was thinking about throwing down the first FKT on it this summer, um, just because I mean, there's no there's no races to do, um, and it's something that I've always really thought about doing, and it's never Doing really it. had a good opportunity to do it. And this is the perfect time, but like the time has also like presented itself perfectly. Um, so I mean, that's kind of the way it's changed my mentality of training rather than sort of racing mentality. So yeah. Jakey, are you managing to get some more regular training in now? Dad life settling in, or are you just getting ill as always? Uh, you know. Well, yeah, I've been fighting off some uh head cold for the last week so training's been pretty much non-existent the last week um so i'll answer the second bit of the question which was what a positive has come out of it um and i don't know if it's the same with you guys but i have like messaged and made more contacts and gone out my way to talk to more people um particularly family members and things like that over the last yeah, two two to three weeks um so that that's a real big bonus um yeah, and also just, I don't know, I have sort of this, I know everyone's got sort of a fear and things like that, but my fear is sort of flipped the other way. When things like this happen, it makes me sort of realise that certain aspects of my life don't really matter. So, like, although, you know, I have a secure job and things like that, um, you know, work doesn't really matter, I'm sure. I don't know. It just makes my outlook like that change. It's it's weird, weird. Nice, mm. mm. George boy. Um, well, you know, I'm basically want to convert my entire house into a, you know, like Killian's house. Basically, I want to just like amass as much tools so I don't have to, you know, worry about training people at the gym in London. I can just do it from my house. So. I'm basically, I was going to convert my garage into a gym in the summer. So I'm just annoyed that I didn't sort of get this ball rolling a little bit earlier. So I'm just like amassing various things like sandbags and kettlebells and stuff. And I'm lucky I've managed to get a few bits before all the places have sold out. But it's given me a little bit more, um, a little bit more structure in what I'm doing. Um, I've simplified things. So I've just literally gone back to like run, lift, carry. So I'm literally just doing those three things. Um, and yeah, I'm, I've got enough time to recover now, so I'm not commuting. Um, I'm spending obviously a lot more time with my family, which is great. Um, you know, it's just nice to watch my kid actually grow up and catching it like the back end of it, you know, putting her to sleep or waking her up. So now I'm there throughout the whole day. So it's, it is amazing. It's tiring and it's hard work obviously. And, but I'd say that's just like, that's the best, you know, like I'm not worried about, you know, I'm not really worried about tomorrow. I don't really want to entertain that headspace. I'm just, you know, if I, if I'm healthy, my family's healthy, you know, and we've all got time to train. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm going to have to let the world sort its mess out. You know, I can only do so much in like my headspace to help out. Um, yeah. So. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, boys, uh, well, me, what about me? Oh, my training's not changing. My training's not changed at all. I'm Zwifting two or three times a week. I'm running three or four times a week. And I've actually started to integrate a little bit more strength training in, which 
I'm doing with my boy at the moment, which is freaking awesome. Me and him are smashing it in that 40-inch box. The skier comes in, but we're also using some AMRAPs. What? (laughs) Yeah, we're doing some AMRAPs. He's programming as well at the moment, so he's designing what we do. It's it's freaking awesome. (laughs) It's the best fun in the world. So, so right. On that bombshell, all I'll leave the listeners with is that if you ever need a soap um, in OCR, John, can you make any recommendations on the best soap? (laughs) I'd probably recommend uh, the Whiskey Wolf soap. Uh, Probably full of peppermint with a... Coffee scrub, great for recovery. <laughs> thoroughly recommended. Use the discount code. Uh, rise. rise. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, we're professional, um, Ryan. Right. We're professional. Yeah, professional out <laughs> here, bro. Um, you may have done I will do our only professional bit of um, Ryan. Where can people find you if they don't know where the fuck you are and <laughs> <laughs> listen to this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can find me uh, in a a cabin uh, on a hill on the side of the mountain in Quebec. Um, I'm Ryan Atkins diet, and that's probably the best way. Cool. Well, Ryan, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Great to have you on, and uh, see you all soon. Bye. 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 Bye.